0: People can move from homelessness to housing and to self-sufficiency to employment to all kinds of possibilities in the future.
1: You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. Today we're celebrating the end of 2020 and to join me in celebrating is Christy Sturgill, my friend and the Association's Director of Marketing. Welcome Christy.
2: Thank you, Matt, for having me on as your last episode of this long and eventful
1: year. What we're going to do today is you're actually going to give us some perspective on 2020 with your interview with Mental Health Association Oklahoma's CEO, Terry White. We'll get to that interview here just shortly. But what I wanted to do with you, Christy, is when you look back on the year 2020, what were some of the highlights for you as far as being able to help the people we serve here at Mental Health Association, Oklahoma?
2: I was particularly impressed, and Terry's going to talk about this, with just how quickly we adapted. And I think that the organization as a whole is just really good at pivoting in a moment's notice to accommodate whatever challenge it is before us. And and this year, that challenge just happened to be a pandemic. I was just impressed with our homeless outreach teams and our mobile medical intervention team and, and shelters that went up and a variety of projects that just kept pushing forward despite the fact that we were in a challenging circumstance, I was also really impressed with Walker Hall.
1: And Walker Hall is, uh, is our transitional living center for young people who otherwise would be experiencing homelessness.
2: I think Lacey Howell, who is over that program, did just a phenomenal job of encouraging and motivating her tenants to. To stay safe. I think it's no small feat that she got many young people to stay inside for days and days on end. One of the things in our department that I found really impressive, not for myself, but from the team as a whole, was whenever we transitioned our May campaign. May is Mental Health Month. We have a big campaign we do every year. And to let the secret out, this year was supposed to be go do good things. Right. And two weeks before launching this, we were facing the dilemma that the message of go was problematic at best. Our department had to pivot. How do you promote mental health in the middle of a pandemic? And, and that's when we came up with be a part, be a part of something, as well as sort of leaning into that message of, of encouraging people to stay physically distanced. I thought that was pretty exciting and intense. We spent weeks developing our May campaign and, and we went ahead and, and transitioned to something entirely different in two weeks rather than eight to ten weeks that we normally spend being very thoughtful in our plans.
1: Tell us about Zero Symposium and how <laughs> we had to pivot on that one as well.
2: Yeah, well, and you know what was challenging about the Zero Symposium and, and we play... A, a small role in a very big project in terms of just designing. What was challenging about that is is we were in this limbo for so long of, of is this going to be in person or is it going to be vi- virtual? And there's reasons why we couldn't answer that question definitively for several months. We had to toe the line between, okay, what would this look like as a totally virtual event? What would this look like as a totally in-person event? And we had to kind of be planning for the best case and worst case scenarios at the same time and and I don't even want to say worst case scenario in terms of being totally digital because it w- was quite successful in a digital format we had people who made use of of chat functions and And although we were distanced, I feel like it was one of the most engaging experiences that I had this year with people asking questions and and making comments and suggestions and talking to each other and talking to speakers. And it just felt very comfortable. And what was particularly nice about the whole event is our turnout didn't change at all. We had over 800 attendees for 850 attendees, which was a record-breaking year for us in the middle of a pandemic.
1: And then before we get to your Terry White interview, one of the great services that you helped with the organization is you put together an end of year PowerPoint for Terry to celebrate all the accomplishments we did this year. And it really was for our staff one of these one of these moments because we'd been running all year to serve the people that we do and we never closed our doors and it was just we never had time to slow down and say, look what we've done. that. That PowerPoint is is remarkable. And this PowerPoint you can actually see right now on our website. Christy, where can people find that
2: Um, forward slash be apart.
1: And it really is. It's remarkable because it shows how much our donors and our volunteers and our partners in the community. We all rally together to meet the great need during the pandemic. Christy, as you're you very well acquainted with that PowerPoint, our dear friend Matt Dean made it beautiful. And as you scroll through that, what are some of the things Terry mentions a few in, in your interview with her? But if you're scrolling through there, what's, what are some of the standouts?
2: One of the biggest standouts is definitely our street outreach. How do you outreach to people in the middle of a pandemic? And that's such a difficult thing to answer. And, and our team's just figured it out. One of the answers to that was we were delivering lunches and hygiene kits, 70 of each in each city, Tulsa and Oklahoma City. So they would go into these encampments and deliver food and deliver hygiene kits and materials to encourage them to continue to socially distance, even in their challenging living circumstances. It was just really inspiring to see them walking out to these these tents and these shelters with their masks on and bags of food and and supplies and and just helping people stay safe. And I thought that was one of the coolest things that, that we were able to keep doing in a pandemic, I think our mobile medical team is exceptional. In addition to constantly teaching the staff what to do and what not to do throughout the year and, and keeping us all up to date on the latest information, they continue to visit people. And, and I remember Jackie, who's on the mobile medical team, telling me about how she would visit some of our tenants and who we provide mobile medical services to. And she said that she had a different bag with a name for each tenant she was visiting. And she would open up that bag and she would pull out like the mask and the all of the materials because we had to be very cautious in how we used our PPE. So we couldn't run through it too fast. So she had a bag with each person's name on it and that was the PPE that she would wear into that home. So she always wore the same mask to the same person. So the way to protect her participants, the way to protect herself, She always said that she just felt a little out of place every time she would stop at a tenant's house and she'd pull out this paper bag and she would be putting on all of this PPE, getting ready to go into their home. I thought that was really smart of her and and very, very dedicated of her to think of something like that as a way to, you know, preserve the PPE we do have available to us, as well as just to be that tenacious, to walk in and be like, all right, now I'm going to... Pull out my bag for this person, and then get done and put all my stuff back in, and pull out my bag for this person, get done and pull all my stuff back in. I thought that was really nice. Our QPR went virtual. Continued to provide suicide prevention training. Our mental health assistance center had a record-breaking year. In July, we received the most calls in one month based on two years worth of data. So. Uh, The data we have available to us, we know that July was the busiest year for our our mental health assistance center. And I think that is quite remarkable. We moved our support groups online. They're still online. They're still virtual, which allowed us to offer more times. For example, Tulsa had a support group for anxiety at 6 p.m. And and Oklahoma City had a support group for anxiety at 6.30 p.m. You didn't have to be in Oklahoma City to attend Oklahoma City or in Tulsa to attend Tulsa. Once it was virtual, we then just had an anxiety support group, one that started at 6 and then one that started at 6.30. We were able to offer people more flexibility in that way. Drop-in centers briefly had to shut down, but then they sort of transitioned into like this hub of resources. They're open back up now in, in some capacities and, and still trying to remain safe, But but at the time it wasn't appropriate to have these day centers, but they continued to provide essential care to people. And our podcast, right? Nearly 50,000 listens since we've started this podcast. People, Matt, you turned this into a daily podcast for approximately six weeks as we were getting information in on how we're going to deal with this new life we're in. It was almost every day you had a new expert on, a new perspective and you were producing it the same day. It was quite impressive to me because I know how much work goes into cleaning up this audio and making it sound nice and making us all feel confident in what we say. And you did that every single day for just weeks on end to, to help people just find the most relevant, newest information that was available to us we were one of two organizations who received the prestigious United Way Wayfinder grant in Oklahoma City. So we are going to be launching a community health and wellness program that's going to be like a sister program to our mobile medical intervention team in Oklahoma City. And and the growth there is going to be really phenomenal. And then, and Terry talks about the overflow shelter, but we, we did launch the overflow shelter in Tulsa looking to, to do something similar soon in and, and some other places. And it, you know that had almost 8,000 check-ins between when it opened in September through you know, the beginning of December. So it's probably over 8,000 now. It really served a lot of people in some really difficult times. That's kind of what the, the presentation goes over a, a bit more in depth. But like I said, we'll, we'll post that up on mhaok.org forward slash part. If you're wondering, what did Mental Health Association do this year? I think, I think that is a really good answer to that question.
1: I want to make a not so subtle ask for money right now. And I actually learned something today from our dear friend, Lisa Turner, who is um, our former development director. And now she's with uh, a wonderful nonprofit called the Ark of Oklahoma. I'm just going to read from Lisa's Facebook post. But it says, as we wrap up the calendar year 2020, I want to remind you of a special tax provision that was passed as a part of the CARES Act earlier this year in regards to tax deductions for donations made to qualifying charities and nonprofits. Cash donations of up to $300 made before December 31st, 2020 are now deductible when people file their taxes in 2021, regardless if you itemize or not. So that is phenomenal. So Christy, how can people donate to Mental Health Association Oklahoma today.
2: Yeah, there you can go to mhaok.org forward slash donate, or you can land on our Facebook page. We have a handy little donate right under the header of our Facebook page. You can click that one too. And that both of those w- will come to us. Facebook, in addition, does have just a pass through. There's no there's no processing fees if you donate through Facebook, if, if that's a concern of yours. I know I have some of my accounts connected to social media so i just know that's an easy way for me to donate and it and it might be for some of our listeners too but yeah our website mhaok.org has a big donate button at the top or mhaok.org forward slash donate
1: okay well christy thank you so much for taking the time with us thank you so much for everything you did for the association this year just been remarkable thank you for everything you do for the podcast as this is the last episode of 2020, I want to thank all the listeners for being there for us. You all did a remarkable job of spreading the word about Mental Health Download podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 2021, we're we're going to come back even stronger. We've got a wonderful vision of what we're going to do. I'm very excited about it. So we'll see you in 2021. But until then, Christy, set up your interview with Terry White.
2: Hi, Terry. Thanks so much for being with us on the Mental Health Download Thanks, Christy. I'm happy to be on the show. So for our audience, Terry joined the association in August. She was previously the commissioner for the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. She is a tireless advocate for mental health. Terry, the majority of your career has been dedicated to mental health and substance use across the entire state of Oklahoma. Why has
0: that been such an important mission in your life? I think what it comes down to is that if we want to decrease the number of people who are involved in the criminal justice system, if we want to decrease high school dropouts, unemployment, child abuse, domestic violence, all of those negative outcomes, if we want to decrease the rate of homelessness and suicide, we have to address mental illness and addiction untreated mental illness and addiction is at the heart of all of those negative outcomes and all those things that we want to see different for ourselves, in our families, in our communities, and in our state. Also, when we look at the state of the world and the level of division, discrimination, racism, and violence we're seeing across this country, the work of mental health advocates has never been more important. And that's why I'm grateful to be the CEO of Mental Health Association. We are always here to continue helping people. We're here to help rebuild their lives when too many times archaic systems are in place that don't work for them, but instead work against them. This year
2: has been hard for a lot of people in a a lot of different ways. What are some of the mental effects that you've seen since the pandemic began?
0: The COVID-19 pandemic has turned all of our lives upside down. We've all experienced this very bizarre last nine months together. And it's threatened the physical health of Oklahomans, obviously, and it's been a significant struggle here in our state. But the threat of the virus requires us to social distance and to keep ourselves safe. And that's really important. But those distancing measures, those isolating measures also have an effect on our mental health issues. And they can increase mental health challenges. They can increase anxiety and loneliness. They increase fear of what are we facing? When is this going to end? All of those things that normally we come together to figure out together, we're actually having to find new ways to do that. And, and we're a part and that can exacerbate our mental health and substance abuse challenges. Additionally, the economic fallout from this pandemic has placed more Oklahomans at risk for developing mental health and substance abuse issues or disorders. As increasingly large numbers of people are experiencing unemployment and financial stress, we know that has a direct correlation and relationship to increased substance use or depression and other things, anxiety and other things that people might experience. When the pandemic began in Tulsa, for example, Tulsa shelters had to reduce the number of people they could safely serve, meaning they couldn't have the same number of people in their building and be able to distance six feet or more apart. But the number of people needing shelter services didn't decrease. So the city of Tulsa reached out to Mental Health Association, Oklahoma, and to the Tulsa Day Center to partner and open a new emergency overflow shelter in September. In just over a week's time, the shelter was open. The daytime services that the association provides give participant access to hot meals, as well as showers and laundry facilities. Additionally, and maybe even more importantly, once an individual seeks out our shelter services, our team has the opportunity to connect people to vital services, including healthcare, employment, housing, legal assistance, transportation, clothing, veteran services, and to be able to provide education about how to safely protect yourself during this pandemic, including providing hand sanitizer, masks, and other opportunities. Since opening, there have been 7,903 check-ins at the shelter for our day services just since September.
2: How many days was it to open the shelter from the start of this is something that needs to happen to, to, the doors
0: being open and us checking people in. That's a great question, Christy. When the city of Tulsa originally reached out to us, they asked us if we could get it open within a month. And of course, Mental Health Association being the nimble organization that it is, we said yes. Once we said yes, that, that changed and we were asked to get it open in less than 10 days. And that shelter was actually open in a week's time. That's a lot of work in a very short period of time. (laughs) We have amazing staff and their ability and their agility and dedication to the people that we serve is what made that happen. No doubt. We also are incredibly lucky to have volunteers across the community who came together to help us over the Labor Day weekend, from the time, like I said, from the time we got the keys to getting open was less than a week, and that included Labor Day weekend. And we had volunteers who came out to help clean, to paint, to make sure that that facility was transformed into as welcoming a facility as it could be. So the city of Tulsa as a whole really stepped up.
2: There are shelter services, but we have a lot of services that our organization provides in, in how we connect people. What do you recommend to somebody who who maybe themselves or somebody they love needs access to mental health services right
0: now? What do they do? I think it's critical that people reach out. One of the things that happens often with mental health issues is people... Isolate that when they're feeling depressed or anxious and they don't know who to turn to, they don't reach out. So the number one thing people can do is reach out. We have help. We offer free virtual support groups so that people can connect safely. We have free counseling available for people who need it. We can connect people to other resources. One of the things the association is really good at is helping people navigate what can be a difficult system to find help in sometimes. So to reach out, People simply need to call the Mental Health Association. If you're in Tulsa, call us. We offer a free mental health assistance center. And that number is 918-585-1213. If you're in Oklahoma City, we have a free mental health assistance center. And that number is 405-943-3700. Or you can always email us. If you'd like to email us, it's info at mhaok.org. Or if you want to go to our website, mhaok.org, all of these details are available, but reach out and we will help you find what you need. Additionally, if you or someone that you love or care about or are concerned about appears to be struggling with a mental health crisis, the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week suicide hotline for the state of Oklahoma is 211. That is a statewide toll-free number. Call 211 if you or someone that you're, that you care about is struggling with thoughts of suicide or you believe that they're struggling with thoughts of suicide. 211 will know how to help. In addition, 211 is also there to connect you to resources, whether that's resources for food, shelter, to get you to the mental health association, to get you to counseling or mental health services in your community. 211 can do all of that as well. So if you just remember one number, that's the number to call.
2: Thank you so much. I know that it feels overwhelming at times to wonder what's the next step. To know that you just reach out, there's a number to call and a website to look at. That all of those things really can get you to to the right place at sometimes the right time. So, one of my favorite times of year is is the end of the year and the beginning of the next year. And and the reason being is because it's very reflective, and then it's also very It's full of planning. Those are my two favorite things to do to reflect and to plan. I want to know what makes you feel most inspired when you start thinking about the future.
0: One, I would say when we are going, particularly from 2020 into 2021, I'm incredibly inspired by the staff and volunteers and donors of Mental Health Association Oklahoma. As you mentioned earlier, I'm new to the association. I joined at the end of August and to see their level of dedication and hope and ability to hold hope for people who might be struggling to find it themselves has just been incredible. And the fact is when Oklahoma Homans experience mental illness, addiction, homelessness, or thoughts of suicide, we are here to help guide people to essential treatment services, virtual support groups, shelter, housing, employment services, and more. People need to know that recovery is absolutely possible. People can and do recover every single day. Individuals are able to return to their life or even experience a more full and productive life as part of their community, enjoying the love of their family and friends, making new connections, and people can move from homelessness to housing and to self-sufficiency, to employment, to all kinds of possibilities in the future. I would say we can't do any of this without our unique donors now or in 2021. I'm so proud and grateful to let them know how valuable they are to us and the impact that they're having on their community. To me, on days when it may have seemed bleak or challenging during this last year, it's been nice to be able to sit back and realize we're all in this together and we are all doing something to help each other. We'll be here working as hard as we can, not just until this pandemic ends, but into perpetuity. We do that thanks to the generosity of our donors. Please, if you'd like to be part of the Mental Health Association, donate today at mhaok.org forward slash donate. Thank you, and we're looking forward to a great 2021.